Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Tuesday, where you're going to hear a powerful testimony of God's grace revealed in human lives. Each Tuesday, you'll hear Pastor Adam interviewing pastors from around the world to share the mighty miracles that God has done in their lives to give you hope for yours. We share the stories of the men behind the messages you hear every other day on this podcast. Keep in mind that the free version only includes a portion of the whole testimony interview. To listen to the full version, use the links in the show notes to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Supercast.tech. Every dollar goes to supporting world evangelism. Enjoy today's Testimony Tuesday. Well, all right. I am very, very excited to present to you our next guest on Testimony Tuesday. It is Pastor Rick Buckles. Welcome to the VBPH Sermon Podcast, sir. Thanks for joining us. Well, I'm absolutely happy to be here, and it's Book Holtz. <laughs> Everybody says buckles. Don't don't sweat it. <laughs> well, Thanks for informing us. And uh, well, Pastor Buckles, we are very very excited to have you join us for this podcast interview. And uh, we should we should let our audience know uh, how difficult it was to get this thing rolling. <laughs> so I, I think that just tells us that uh, that this really needs to happen, and that you really need to hear the whole thing. Well, let's uh, do it. Okay, fantastic. Well, uh, so we, uh, you know, we hear sermons and we hear, you, you know, names. If you've been around our fellowship for any amount of time, uh, everybody's heard your name at some point or another. You've been, you know, missionary uh, several times. You've pioneered churches. You were, and uh, so now in, they're in North Carolina. And so, you know, a lot of people would have heard your name from time to time, or maybe even have heard you preach from time to time. But the whole idea behind these Testimony Tuesday episodes is to kind of get the story behind the headline and how it is that you became Pastor Rick Buckles in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And so, yeah, we, we want to we wanna understand how did you get here? And so I guess l let's go back to where did you come from and where did you grow up? Well, I wasn't born in um, Arizona, Mesa, Arizona, but I did grow up there. We moved when I was two. I was the, the youngest of uh, six kids and a mom and dad that everything seemed to be um, going well for us. And then from there, my dad got some kind of a, a promotion. We went to uh, Garden Grove, California. Well, it didn't take very long. Three years in California really just destroyed the, the marriage that my mom and dad had had. No, he got into an affair with um, some young woman and ended up walking out on the six kids. And so that uh, really spun out my family. I was really hurt, really hurt. When my dad walked out of the house, I remember running to the window and looking out the window as he's walking down this sidewalk in California. And I'm thinking somehow I had something to do with this. I'm just, you know, barely 11 years old, 10 maybe. And uh, gosh, I... I was just devastated to see my dad walk away into the dark like that. But we ended up going to Arizona, back to Arizona. And uh, I, I did have some cousins there that we had moved in with. I never really recovered from that. And uh, I, I just um, was already a little bit troubled. While we were still in California, I must have been probably eight or nine, maybe 10. 
but I actually broke into a neighbor's house. The back door, I didn't have to break anything. The back door is pretty much open. But I went in and I just, you know, went through a lot of stuff, just looking for money. I found a jar of money and, and, uh, and I stashed it in a hole outside. Whenever the ice cream man came by, I just had my stash, uh, you know, the ice cream truck. You must have really just... loved ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, when we got to Arizona, we moved in with my, uh, um, my, my cousin and, and he was a bit of a playboy. Well, he had a pool room that he had made in the garage. He, he had these pinups, these centerfolds of all these pornography magazines. And he had all these pinups all the way around the walls. And then he had these stacks and stacks of uh, uh, perverted magazines that were just lining the walls. And so that, that wasn't a very good place for a, an 11-year-old boy to spend hours of the day. Oh, no, absolutely and not. It just, it just messed with my head. And if that wasn't bad enough, I had gone to a school, but the coach of the school, you know, he was uh, uh, really reaching out to me and, and uh, we had a contest, some kind of contest and I won. So he's going to take us all to, to go get ice cream and, and, you know, the different winners, these young boys. Well, long story short, he ended up, you know, uh, uh, taking us into different things that, you know, an 11 year old boy has no business learning about. It just spun me out. And so between the two things, it's just my mind was absolutely just messed up and perverted. It, you know, I just, from a very young age, and at the same time, I continue to just, uh, uh, you know, steal. I, like we were staying with my same cousin, I, I just stole the silver coin collection that he had that he had stashed. Uh, very valuable. But bit by bit, I just I kept slipping away that change. And and I just kept getting worse and worse. You know, I was stealing from stores and my mom had met another guy. Actually, he was on the run. He had escaped from prison. Another friend of mine had introduced him at a, at a bar where one of my other sisters was dancing as a go-go dancer, you know. So my mom and him met and she lets him move into the house. Well, he was uh, in prison because he was a thief. So that only added to my problem is is he'd go in stores and come out with all this stuff he was so confident in, in in what he was doing and so he told me teach me everything you knew so by the time i'm 15 16 years old where one of my friends had a truck we were we were literally breaking into homes i had a a pistol loaded and cocked and, and sneaking through these homes just hoping nobody would jump out and it wasn't so much even for the money it was just for the thrill I kind of put on this whole front that I was um, okay, but I really was just, just really troubled inside. And a lot of things I had, you know, bad habits and things I just couldn't stop and kind of hated myself. But I did hear bits and pieces about this Jesus thing, this born again thing. In fact, I remember my brothers and sisters talking about a preacher that had gone into New York the streets of New York, you know, and getting the gangs saved. So I, I just heard that story. And in fact, I'd seen the movie. I remember when I was uh, five years old, it just came out, The Cross and the Switchblade. And I was infatuated about the gangsters turning and getting saved. And that whole day was burned in my memory because, you know, after this uh, theater and the show, you know, we walked outside and this little boy my age had gotten completely run over by a car. So 
we ended up moving out to Mesa, away from my cousin. And so I got bits and pieces of this gospel thing. And then my mom had taken us to different, uh, you know, churches, the Methodist church, a Baptist church. And, and I believe one time I went to the altar and I had prayed and, and I really did believe that. I really did. And I think I was pretty broken. I remember I cried at the altar and uh, gosh, it just kept getting worse and worse with stealing. Uh, and uh, I got thrown in jail, arrested for shoplifting and and then chased one time by the police. They ended up catching me and, and uh, that was a scene. But um, I met a girl that was a pretty good girl. She wasn't into God at all. She didn't know much about God, but her dad was a cop. And so I knew that this was going to work. I'm going to have to clean up a little bit. Yeah, that'll straighten you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so she did help me in a lot of ways. But then she um, she uh, uh, didn't really dump me, but she just said, you know, this is not going to work after, after I'd given up. And I was devastated. And that's actually where I had gotten in my car and I was flying down the road and where the cops, you know, they they, they got behind me and. And that's where it was a chase. I just didn't care. I didn't care if I lived or died at that point. And I was just devastated because I knew I really needed this girl and I really did love her. So, well, we did get back together again, but uh, I made it through school and, and I really didn't do drugs anymore, but I had all these other problems. I was still stealing. Well, I had gotten arrested, you know, uh, one time where I'd stolen a bunch of guns and, and I wanted to sell them. And this guy's going to look at my guns. Well, turned out, all of them were, were, you know, these two guys anyways, and they were, they were narcotics agents. And so I was busted and, and of course, thrown in the jail. And uh, it was at that point where I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to prison because I'm 19 years old now. And uh, I knew about prison. I'm thinking, I can't go to prison. That can't happen. I know it's going to happen there. And so I remember I'm, I'm doing push-ups, I'm getting ready to fight, and I'm, I'm, my mind is swirling, but there came a point where, where I'm, I'm in that cell, and I, I, I just got in the corner, and I just looked up and said, God, you've got to help me. And Adam, I remember, I felt the love of God. I can't describe it any other way than that. But I felt like something come down in that room. And yeah, it gave me goosebumps. But I, all I can describe is that I just felt like God loved me. And it tripped me out, just this love of God. And, uh, and you have to remember how wicked I really was. But anyways, I felt that. I sensed that. And, and then I, um, I just began to do more push-ups, just getting ready to fight. <laughs> so, well, the next day, I went before the judge. And he was just really upset. And they had a, a step-in lawyer for me there. And he was like throwing the book at me. And, and he's looking at the, this is the third time I've been in trouble with the law now. And this was kind of a big one. The judge turns to me and he says, I'll get out of here. So I'm like, okay, back to my cell. <laughs> step-in lawyer says, no, he's letting you go. What? And I was blown away I, I i i turned to the lawyer i said what are you talking about he says he's letting you out on your own recognizance i didn't know what that meant i said what the heck is that <laughs> he said he's trusting you to come back so i walked out not doing not one more day in jail now you'd have thought i would have walked right out of there and tried to find a church but that's not the case i uh 
I, I just left and, and I kind of forgot about the whole thing with God until the same guy that introduced uh, my dad that was on the lamb on the run from the law, my stepdad, the, the same guy invited me to a church in Tempe. It was a Monday night. He's like, you, you, Kathy, you and Rick want to go tonight? And, and I'm like, church, church. And I'm, okay, why not? So he went ahead and went. I sat in the back and uh, I wasn't against it. It was a strange because people were speaking in tongues and different things that I just wasn't used to. And, and, but when he came to the part about lift your hand, if you want to give your life to God, I'm like, um, no, I'm not lifting my hand. And I was adamant about it. Well, everybody went up to the front. It was a guest speaker. They all went up to the front and they're praying there, doing their thing. And, and uh, I'm in the back and Somebody came back to me and he asked me, he said, hey, would you like to pray? I, I'll help you. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. And uh, so he walked away and said, well, okay, no problem. And he went back up and prayed. He was so smooth, but it just so bugged me that he came to me. I was, I was really mad. I was ticked. Why did he come to me and ask me that? And uh, I, for the life of me, Adam, I don't know why. But I went to the next matter revival. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just out of spite. <laughs> I don't know why I went. Now, Kathy didn't, didn't go that night, but uh, I sat in the back with my friend and, you know, the preacher's preach. I don't remember what he said. He, he just turned really red and, and he was a little hefty and he's preaching. <laughs> it's funny what you and, remember, uh, huh? Yeah. And he, I don't know what he said, but he's preaching. But at the end, sure enough, he's asking everybody to lift their hand and they want to give their life to Jesus and, Everybody went up to the front, but I'm in the back. And I'm thinking, I'm not lifting my hand and going up there. I'm not doing that. And again, I was adamant. Everybody went back to their seats. Nobody talked to me that night. But at, at, at the very end, when he just about to, to, to close the service and let everybody go home, all of a sudden, this guy like started talking for God. It's like God was speaking through him. It, it was his voice. It's just like speaking and it's like God talking. And I'd never seen anything like that, but I remember exactly what he said. His preacher said, I've loved you. I've dealt with you and uh, I've called you. But if you want your sin, I'll let you go. And Adam, it's like a javelin you know, pierced my heart. Because I absolutely knew that God was talking to me. He did love me. He did call me little prompts. And, and, you know, and it was like just absolutely speaking right to my heart. And I'll tell you, Adam, I got up. I didn't even think about it. I kind of half trotted down the aisle. And I fell on my knees. And, and I just begged God. I said, God, don't give up on me. Just don't give up on me. Because I was afraid God was going to let me go and just quit dealing with me. And I'd end up in hell. Wow. And I just cried out. I remember I just cried out. And I was just exhausted after a time. And you know what, Adam? That same love of God that I felt in that cell, I'm telling you, that same thing came down. And I'm at my worst ever in my life right now. I felt God's love again. That just so blew me away. And I remember thinking, God, if you love me, 
I'm going to follow you. I'm going to give my whole life. I'm going to, you know, I'm coming after you. I want this. I'm giving you everything I have to follow you. And wow. I meant that at that point. And I made a decision. I looked up this at the pastor. He didn't actually preach. It was a guest speaker. But I looked up the pastor and I said, you know what? I think that guy cares about me. All I know is that I'm, I'm going to lock in here. And, and you know what? That was over 42 years ago. And from the, that time, I can count on one hand how many services I've missed. In fact, I only remember three. One time my dad died. Another time I'm in the hospital, the emergency room. I think that's a pretty good excuse. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and then the third time, I think I'm in route between, you know, uh, Arizona and North Carolina. But I just made a commitment. Man, I'm following God. Before uh, before you go for it, I'm just wondering uh -huh. if you could give us a sense of the timing. What what? Uh, how old were you, and and what year did this all happen? That was 1978. I was 20 years old. Wow. Okay, 20 so, years old. So I'd say about nine months after I got arrested, I got saved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the the final arrest where I was, you know, where I had those guns that I was trying to sell. Yeah, I can't and, I can't believe they let you go. That's like a federal offense. It's unbelievable. They let me go. So, so okay. So, so you decided you're going to follow Jesus yep. because, because you sense this overwhelming sense of his love and mercy. And Except you had, yeah. you, you had this amazing experience at an altar. Okay. So, but you, you didn't have a whole lot of church experience. It sounded like, like, like not a whole lot of religious, you kind of bounced around from here to there. But so what was it like going from the the sinner lifestyle and beginning to see your life change? My life that night actually took a turn where I really was a new creature. I never, you know, I just didn't curse anymore. Uh, it kind of amazed me because uh, I injured myself shortly after that. I hit myself with a hammer and, and I just I, I was surprised I did curse because I really did have a, a foul mouth as well. Uh, and that I just had no desire to drink or do drugs or I had no desire. It was completely taken from me. And so it was just so good. I just wanted to get other people in, uh, just tried to wake people up because I was kind of twisted in my thinking about following God. I think in my mind, I thought if I give my life to Christ, to Jesus, become a Christian, that uh, that somehow I'm going to miss out in life. And so when I discovered that, no, this, this is life. And, and, and after I finally surrendered to God and that change took place, I felt the love of God again and accepted, man, I was just so on fire for God and just wanted to wake people up. I was just thrilled in serving God. I loved the preaching. And, and um, it was probably just a couple of months after that, that I really felt like, you know what, God, I would want to preach if you can just help me. Just a couple of months, I just had a sense that God wanted to use my life. If you'd like to hear the rest of this sermon, subscribe today. It's only $3 a month when you subscribe at supercast.tech or $4.99 per month when subscribing in Apple Podcasts. Links are in the show notes. We thank you for joining us on this special preview of the VBPH Sermon Podcast.
Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.